So welcome to the Project Plenty podcast series, where we ask the question, what will 2030 look like? And we'll ask that question across a range of topics important to Queensland and to our church. It's a series of conversations that will help us enter into a whole of church discernment and planning exercise that we hope might give shape to our life in the next decade. Over the course of this series, we'll invite our guests to reflect on this question, what 2030 looks like from their perspective and ask what role the Uniting Church could play as this future approaches. My name's Scott Guyatt, and I'm glad that you can join us. So everywhere we've been uh, in this last six months of Project Plenty, one of the consistent calls we've heard is a call to refocus on discipleship. Uh, Why does the church need to be reminded about discipleship? What does a laser focus on discipleship look like? These questions and many more we're going to put to the Reverend Monique Coughlin. Uh, Monique, welcome. Hey. Why, why so nervous? Because <laughs> that's big questions. Oh, no, it's big questions. Anyway. It's all right. We'll work it out. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Monique, you are currently school chaplain at the Lakes College. Is that right? Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the role there, what you get up to. What, sort of, what does it mean to be a chaplain in a uniting church school like the Lakes College? Oh, see, that's a good question. That's what, I think that's what the Lakes College would like me to answer as well. What does it okay. mean to be a... Actually, what does it mean to be a uniting church school? Um, I guess for me... Being a chaplain like college, oh look, it's been mind blowing. I've loved yeah. it. It keeps me out of trouble. Keeps so you've nice been there busy. a little while, haven't you? Yeah. So this is term three. Okay. So yeah, term halfway through yeah. term three. Yeah. Um, I guess for me the biggest thing at the moment is relationship building yeah. um, and just getting to understand how the school works, uh, where the people are at—that's staff, students, and parents—and yeah. where the gaps are, and so how we can fill those gaps and better support um, everyone, like the community yeah, yeah. at TLC. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, we'll, I want to come back to the school in a little while, but before we kind of get to what happens in the school context, can you, what do you think of when you hear a word like discipleship? I mean, is there a, is there a definition? Is it, does it kind of make you shake and quiver? Does it, you know, what's, what do you think when you hear someone say, let's talk about discipleship? I think it's a very loaded concept. I think there's a lot of different definitions going around and probably a lot of assumptions that when we use the word discipleship, we're talking about the same thing. Um, I was like just recently, a week or two ago, um, had conversations with some ministry colleagues about discipleship and it got quite fun and exciting. And then we realized we all had very different definitions. Um, So yeah, I do think it's a very loaded term um, and one worth sitting down and talking about what do we actually mean as individuals when yeah, we talk yeah. about this oh, well, concept. So let's, let's do that, <laughs> just you and I here, yeah. in the privacy of this conversation. What, like, what do you think? What are you thinking if you were to use the term discipleship? What do you have in mind? So I guess when I, when I think of discipleship, like I think of Jesus, obviously. Um, Good start. Yeah, I, I know. Ooh, Sunday school on here agree. I go. Yeah. This is why I'm a minister. I got this. <laughs> um, no. So I guess for me, it's about, like, I think of Jesus' ministry and how he led his life, which was all about journeying alongside of people and meeting people where they were at. But also for me, a big part in that was saying or, I guess, acting, like, through his actions, I see you and you matter and to me that's a big part of what discipleship is so um, giving people that opportunity to experience God's love Um, and hopefully through experiencing that that form of love and care I guess buying in and wanting to explore what it means more for them to have a relationship in their life with God yeah okay um, it does strike me that Jesus we could say met people where they were at did not leave them there no and, and that's why brought, I like brought them along the yeah. way. Yeah, um, and that for me is a journey alongside, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So, yeah. 
So does discipleship in that sense then have a... You talked a minute ago about establishing relationships in the school. It seems like that, you know, that approach to discipleship of journeying alongside someone, then relationship is really important. Yes. Um, you know, getting to know the other, what makes them tick, what questions they have, that yeah. kind of... Yeah, authentic relationships, because yeah. people can see through nonsense very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's probably the biggest thing I learned when I was a chaplain in aged care. Like, you have to be authentically you, particularly working with... Um, uh, people with dementia, Alzheimer's, they just see through the nonsense and they don't have time for the nonsense. Yeah. Um, so if you come all thick and happy and like, yo, what's up? And you're not sincere, yeah. they will just tell you to leave. I'm having flashbacks to my grandmother-in-law who in her later life um, lost all filters and just, you know, was really happy to kind of tell it like it is. <laughs> yes. uh, and I loved her for it. She was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you think in dis- if we talk about discipleship, do you think it takes a particular shape or a... Is there a uniting church flavour of discipleship? I want to say yes. I guess my understanding of a uniting church flavour of yep. discipleship, um, again, is it's meeting people in, that, in their diversity yep. um, and, and recognising that we are all very different yeah. and that's okay and yep. we can journey together. Um, and it's not about converting each other to believe the same thing or do or act or, or be the same, but rather saying... Let's value each other for our differences um, and let's see how we can move forward in that and find God in the centre of it all. Yeah. So for me, I guess that would be a uniting church flavour. Yeah. I, I am I'm, uh, thinking about Philip and the Ethiopian, you know, that story in Acts. I think it's chapter 8, maybe 10, I can't remember. I'll get in trouble now. <laughs> um, you know, and so Philip is off down this country road and the Ethiopian comes along and, and Philip kind of just hangs about until there's an opportunity to say, you know, what's happening? Yeah. Um, but then starts, you know, and the Ethiopian obviously has a story to tell and he has some scriptures that he's wrestling with and some questions about life. And Philip starts with him where he is. Yeah. That's the sense. I think that's what's reminded me of that. Yeah. You know, that Philip stands with the Ethiopian and says, well, you know, tell me what, what tell me what you're thinking. And then let's kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah, and and sort of like you pointed out before as well, like with Jesus, you know, it's not like he then just stood there or stayed there with him, and then like okay, bye, see you later, you know, yeah. nice chat. Yeah. But um, it's also I guess about pushing and challenging each other to keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, I just recently got a new tattoo. Um, and that's, that's, <laughs> that's not going to translate all that well in a podcast, but. Maybe we can take a photo for the show notes. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, you got to show it off. But no, the tattoo um is a tree. Yep. Like, you know, like three branches of the tree representing the Trinity, but birds flying to and from the tree. And for me, that's just represents, I guess, my mission theology in that, you know, the tree representing God. It's okay to go and sit with God. It's okay to just sometimes wrestle and have conversations, but we have to keep moving forward. Yeah. We have to leave the tree eventually. Um, and we can come back again, but we have to go out and so be God's hands and So what's the relationship between mission and discipleship then? Oh, look, I don't think... You need both. You can't be a disciple and not be missional. Um, and I guess vice versa. I mean, you, I guess you can be missional and not be a disciple if you're not a Christian. But for me, yeah. it's hand in hand. Like, yeah. if we if we understand our faith, if we understand our relationship with God, hopefully that leads us to being passionate about how we live that out and how we share that relationship with others so they can experience what we have yeah. or what we've experienced. So let's let, let's make this real. You currently work in the school setting. What what does discipleship look like for you in that work? What what goes on in the school ground in your relationship with the young people you work with, or the teachers, or their families that you would 
somehow name as or recognise as discipleship. It's funny, apparently my catchphrase at school is, you do you, boo. I didn't even realise <laughs> till like students, you teachers. You do you, boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like students and teachers or, you know, parents will sit and talk to me and then they'll be like, let me get you. You're about to say, you do you, boo. I'm like, yes, yes, I was. Um, and I guess that... I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you just I'm be you, old. man. You just yeah. be you. Okay. It's fine. Um, I guess for me that sort of kind of, in a very simplistic way, sums up the, my understanding of discipleship. Journey with people so they're comfortable with who they are yeah. and they know that they are awesome and unique the way they the way that they are um, and then to find how that fits into, I guess, their world, how, how God journeys with us um, in that. So for me, that's a big part of what I do at the school. Yeah. I mean, you know, as students, staff and parents, like everybody constantly struggles with their identity. Who am I? What does it mean yeah. for me? And you challenge that and yeah. it's confusing. And I think what I found is... By creating a space to have authentic and honest relationship, uh, conversations and relationships um, is the start of discipleship. Like, because that's where, I mean, just today I had a half an hour conversation of the weirdest questions. Like, do you think God hates robots? You know, but from that it went into like more in-depth Interesting. conversations. Interesting. Yeah, you know. Um, and so it's, yeah, creating that space where we can ask that, those. Those exploratory kinds yeah. of. Yeah. Or, yeah, and yeah, the questions we feel like we can't always ask out loud because we'll be judged for it. Yeah. Um, so that's very much yeah, my yeah. approach at school. At, at what point does that kind of exploratory questioning, that safe place for conversation, turn into some kind of, as formal or informal as it needs to be, some kind of teaching or learning or formation that says, you know, well, let's unpack some scripture together or let's talk a little bit about historically what the church might yeah. want to say or the creeds might kind of, you know, like is there a point at which you flip into, you know, some kind of formative kind of element to the conversations? Yes, I would oh, definitely think oh, there okay. is a point of that. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was a text question. You passed. Am I doing it yet? Yeah, yeah. Question. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, look, I think, yeah, so it starts with the conversations. And so I guess for me, in those conversations, it's then finding out where, where, where student staff are at um, and it's saying, well, how can we fill that? So whether that then turns into... Um, we have like our Felicia groups, um, you know, like by Felicia, um, little Felicia groups in primary school where There's it's just... There's a blank expression on your oh, face. <laughs> I know. Come on, Scott. <laughs> honestly. Um, and so this Felicia group, um, which is something I do with the primary school, has turned into a space where the kids can then have more in-depth conversations yeah. in a safe space. So it's not just a one-on-one with me, but then from that, it's like, what can we do with this? Yeah. Like, so what's next steps? Yeah. Um, you know, for some of it, it'd be like, can I write a prayer? and share it in chapel. Can yeah. I do a dance and share yeah. it in chapel? Um, in high school, from the conversations, just random conversations I have with students on inclusivity, they're like, do you think we can write a play to present in chapel about how we understand God and inclusivity? Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. Go for it. And it's like, oh, but you should know I'm actually Hindu. And the other one, I'm actually Sikh. And the other one's like, oh, I don't even know if I believe in God. And the other one's like, I'm a Jesus freak. Um, so getting these four people yeah at very different journeys in life, come together and put something together explaining or exploring how to understand inclusivity yeah. and God's love in that, for me, was just um, yeah. very Brilliant. exciting. So yeah. so I guess from the conversations, it's like, well, yeah. what can we do with this? Yeah. Um, we've got some kids that's awkward, like you get all your yeah. awkward kids, um, very quiet but more technology-based, and so they'll be like, can I do uh, 
can I do a, a video that explores yeah. how God's present yeah. in the community? So that's their task for this year. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. Where they'll, so, yeah, yeah. so I guess it's finding people's niches what's, as well. What's the way for them? Yeah. yeah. What's different in a school to, you talked a minute ago about having been a chaplain in an aged care setting. So how is, I mean, aside from the fact that you're probably not making Instagram you know, posts and videos in an HK. So, well, maybe they are now. <laughs> but what was different around discipleship, you know, in that in that setting that's that you have worked in in the past? Oh, look, I, it's very similar. Like, it may be different in that you've got different spectrums of age, yeah. um, but it's all, again, very similar. You, uh, people who go into aged care has a huge loss of identity. A lot of them can have a loss of identity because for a lot of them, they didn't expect to go in there. Or all of a sudden they've got these um, illnesses or uh, things that limits their life or their movement to some degree and they don't know who they are anymore. And so I guess in the midst of all of that, saying, well, actually life looks a little bit different now. Let's explore what that means for you and let's explore how you can live out your faith in the, in the different differentness. Yeah. It's not a word. Yeah. It's a word now. It'll do. Yeah, it'll do. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and I guess for me it's similar in schools. You know, yeah. it's students trying to find who they are, trying to question who they are, trying yeah. to push against boundaries because you're not going to tell me who I should be. No. Um, and in that saying, that's great. Yeah. How can we help you understand yourself better and then find ways of living that out? I'm going to ask you a question that is a little it's unformed so let's see if it lands and if it doesn't we'll just delete it it's fine <laughs> um it strikes me that you've talked quite a bit about in both school and aged care settings that discipleship is in some sense a journey of identity yeah that is there is you know there are people wrestling with who am i as i listen to our church over the last six months and beyond six months i do also hear a lot in our church this same question who are we? Mm. What is our identity? How do we understand ourselves as church, as a, as a whole, in the 21st century? It makes me wonder what a journey of discipleship for us as a church might look like to discover a new that identity. Does that, does that question make any sense to you? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I'm really passionate about identity stuff, and I guess it's I've probably always been passionate about it, but it really came across when I was my last placement as discipleship facilitator um, in Burma Presbytery, um, where, yeah, you could see this wrestling with who mm. am I from congregations. Yeah. Um, and I guess all of a sudden for me, I realized that if we can't, I won't say if we can't articulate who we are, but if we don't know our identity, where we come from, it's really hard for us to know how to move forward. Yeah. Um, and so one of the big things I started to encourage congregations to do, and it's actually something we're doing at TLC now as well, is um, can we articulate our story? Yeah. Um, where did we come from? Yeah. Why are we here? Yeah. Um, why are we still here kind yeah. of thing? Because that all helps to shape our understanding of who God is calling us to be in our context. Because yeah. um, my biggest frustration is, you know, if a church um, or whoever says, we need to be successful, so we have to have young people. Mm. But you live in a suburb or an area that's all about re retirees. Yeah. Why do you yeah. need young people to be yeah. God's church, God's yeah. community? You know. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's all about we need to understand who we are, who we're called to be. Yeah, um, yeah and then how do we live that out yeah. as opposed to comparing ourselves to others? Yeah. 
and then trying to live up to other people's standards yeah. or other people's identities. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that answers no, the question. No, it does. I think this, you know, in this question of, you know, and we know the answers, you know, who are we, who are we in Christ? Um, you know, how does the basis of union describe who we understand ourselves to be? But there still seems to be this uh, kind of longing to wrestle with this question some more of, you know, who are we? Yeah. And particularly who are we now in this crazy world that's changing so rapidly with all the things that are going on, you know, and, and how we are, um, I guess, needs to be a little different now to what it might have been in the past. But with that comes this uncertainty around who we are, yep. what is our identity. Uh, See, I would yeah. challenge though, I don't know if a lot of people can answer the question around identity, about who we are, even in regards when you look to the basis of union. Okay. Um, I think there's an assumption. Yeah that we can articulate our identity because we say, oh, we're uniting church. Yeah. Um, but then when you actually ask, well, what does that mean? Um, people struggle yeah. to articulate that. Um, and I guess, yeah, it's something... So even in a school context, um, I only a couple of weeks ago, uh, I guess, presented a paper on what, is, what does it mean for TLC to be a uniting church school? Hmm. Um, and in that, you know, in the end, it was like, well, I can't tell you what it means, but what I can, what I can do is tell you where we came from. Um, and in that, be reminded of... I guess the passion um, and and the things that drove the three congregations to form the Uniting Church. Um, yep. And I think if you understand that, then hopefully that can help There's you. There's clues there. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, because it, the, and uh, if, again, on the identity thing, the thing that I loved about the Methodist, the Congregational, and the Presbyterian Church coming together, it wasn't saying, let's set aside who we were. It wasn't saying you're no longer Presbyterian, no longer Methodist, no longer Congregational. It was saying we value who each of us are. We, we believe God's calling us together to show people what it means to journey together mm. while holding on to mm. who God has called us to be. That's my mm. kind of understanding of it. Yeah, okay. You know, and all of a sudden, if you if you know if you think, well, that's how the Uniting Church started, we don't actually have to give up who we are, but we have to find ways of moving forward together. And I think that reshapes how we think of ourselves. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, the notion of telling our story is an interesting one. Um, I'm reminded of a, uh, the Reverend Ian Robinson who works in the college in New South Wales ACT now but has written a whole range of resources called Makes You Wonder around how to tell our story individually, how to tell our faith story, if you like. And one of the questions that he asks people by way of helping them to kind of articulate this is why are you still a Christian? Not, I mean, in a sense, you, you can talk about why you became a Christian, but his question is, why are you still a Christian? What is it that still holds you? Um, and it's a really interesting, really powerful question that helps people give voice to their own faith. Uh, and the phrase he uses is, you know, their faith for their, for their world. Um, it's a really interesting question. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about a little bit more about what I've heard over the course of the Project Plenty kind of process around discipleship. Um, I want to test this with you. I've heard people using the word discipleship in different ways, and we talked about that already. Um, but I think what I've heard is three particular uh, elements to this conversation. The first is um, discipleship as analogous to evangelism, if you like, as um, telling our story, inviting the other. So uh, an opportunity for someone to decide to follow the way of Jesus is the phrase that I've been using. So for some people, when we've been talking about discipleship, that's the particular part that they've been really interested in or captured by and, and find challenging around how do we do that in this kind of day and age. 
The second kind of element that I've heard people talk about is the formation or learning what it means to follow the way of Jesus. So, you know, if the first is decide, the second might be learn. And then the third might be actually getting on and living that out, living the life of a disciple. Um, and I don't, I don't offer those three as a, you know, this one, then this one, then this one, or that even that they're separate, but there's a sense in which discipleship perhaps needs to be all of those things. Yep. The opportunity for, dis- for someone to encounter and decide and learn and live and maybe in the living we learn some more and you know maybe we have to decide again and again does that kind of do those elements of discipleship ring true for you is that can you see that in the work that you do in you know with young people now for example yeah i think definitely yeah because it's um yeah i guess meeting them connecting with them um showing them how does god thing is actually real and relevant and then allowing them, or provi- not allowing, but providing them with opportunities to, to explore it for themselves. And then I guess the next natural step to that is once you've explored it and owned it, how do you live it yeah. and share it? Yeah. So, yeah. What, what, what would that look like for a... So let's talk about a congregation. You're currently working in school. Uh, the last couple of years you've been working in a presbytery helping congregations wrestle with this notion of discipleship. So how does a, how does a congregation build a focus on discipleship? Or, you know, what, what does that actually look like? Is it a structured set of programs? Is it, you know, is it an alpha course? Is oh, it... I hate programs. <laughs> I hate programs. So, so what, what does it actually look like for Smith Street Uniting Church to say, we need to do some work around our approach to discipleship or around discipleship? I will clarify when I say um, I hate programs. The only reason I don't like programs, I think there's great programs out there. But the reason I don't like it is people, I feel like we put too much, uh, how do you say it, like, um, I don't know. I want to say dependence. Yeah, maybe dependence on on the program. If we run this program and we do it well, we're going to be amazing afterwards. And then for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. And then it's like, oh, we failed. What did we do wrong? Um, and so my struggle with the pro, like for me, is just stop comparing again, kind of thing. You know, like, and mm. I, that's my worry about programs. That if we run this program, we're going to be this. Well, yeah. maybe not. We'll get this outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so anyway, so that sort of clarify no, that. Happy with that. Um, so that's why uh, that was probably a struggle in um, my position in Bremer because people would be like, "What programs do you have?" I'm like, yeah. None. Yeah. Like, I, what I can do is journey with you, yeah. um, and help you find. Um, I guess where you're at and what it means for for your area in your local context because the question I always had is if you were to go missing today like if as Smith Street or whatever congregation you disappear today would anybody notice you're not there and if the question is nobody will notice then I'm like well are you living out your faith are you disciple are you relevant like you know what is God doing here Uh, or how do you understand what is God doing in this space Um, because I think we can yeah we can become very internally focused, okay. yeah. um, nearly survival focused, yeah. um, or we're so good we don't need to keep moving forward. So um, uh, move, reach out, I, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What does it look for Smith Street or whatever? I, I don't think or, there's a Smith Street in our church. I think I've know. just invented one, yeah, but yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'm not, I'm not we'll offending someone. I like Smith Street, that's fine. Um, I don't know. Again, it's hard because for me the first thing I want to be want to say is, Who's our suburb? Like, who's the people here? What's yeah. the needs here? Are we filling those needs? How do we understand who God is in our lives and what God's calling us to do? Like, yeah. so, yeah. Um, and I think as we explore that, hopefully we start becoming relevant 
in our areas, um, which start which would mean we'd start seeing a sense of enthusiasm and passion because you see the fruits. Do you, do you think that there's a sense in which our capacity to be a discipling church, if I can use that phrase, depends to some degree on our own on our own journey of discipleship? So if you know before we can not before but you know our capacity to invite others into a life of discipleship or to do anything around learning or formation with others. In a sense, I wonder if it has to come out of our own, our own journey yeah. as disciples, you know. And if we, if we want to kind of sit back and go, well, I, like I've got it sorted out, so now I'm going to impart something to you. Um, seems to me to not be the right place to start. Yeah, no, no, because again, journeying with, right? Yeah. So, so for me, when I think of journeying with, it's we learn from each other alongside of one another. It's yeah. not that I have all the knowledge that I'm going to impart to you and you're just going to learn from me. Um, I think as soon as we come in with that approach of I've got all the answers, you're getting people off on the wrong side. Is that how you say it? Um, as you were sort of saying that question, I think for me, one of the words that came to mind is vulnerability. I think when it comes to discipleship, we need to show a sense of vulnerability. Um, and that can be very scary. What do you mean by that? I guess, again, that we don't have all the answers and that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's sit and have the honest conversations um, and explore it together and maybe say, I have no idea, but yeah. let's find out. Yeah. Um, yeah, as opposed to feeling the need that we have to have it all together yeah. and we have to yeah. present really well. Yeah. Um, and if we don't present really well, we're doing something wrong. Um, I think if we expect to meet people in their vulnerability, we should show that vulnerability alongside yeah. of them. Makes yeah, sense. I think it does. Yeah. Um, I want to, having done having done all of that as a warm up, let me put the hard question to you. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready I for it. See, I can see <laughs> there's anxiety around the table. Um, so the, this phrase that we've heard is that is this call for our for our uniting church, our whole church, to have a laser focus on discipleship. Can can you help me make any sense of what it would mean for our whole movement to kind of prioritise discipleship or to, I mean, I'll use the word invest, but time and, you know, people and commitment and, you know, how does a, how does a denomination take a discipleship focus? Uh, I'm asking you this question as, you know, one of the future moderators of our church. No, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 don't think so. Uh, good question. Yeah. How would you do it, Scott? <laughs> yes, that's, that's exactly the question I'm asking you. Honey. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, I feel like I'm just repeating myself, really. That's okay. It's just, for me, again, it's just we yeah. need to be able to have honest conversations. Yeah. We need yeah. to be able to step out of our comfort zones um, and meet people where they're at yeah. as opposed to expect or want people to come yeah. to us. Yeah. Not saying that's what everyone does, but I no. do think it is a culture we come out of. Yeah, um, uh, yeah so... So, so let me rephrase the question then. Are there some things that are institution of church could do that would enable you, Monique, to have more of those kinds of conversations, you know, or the, you know, the people that are in your congregation alongside you or whatever it is, you know, is there, is there training or equipping we can do, is the way we spend our money, is the language we use in our communication, is the, you know, kind of the agendas we set at Synod and Presbytery and, you know, in church council meetings, is it the relationship between a school like the Lakes College and its local uniting church. Are there some things that we could do 
that would enable more of the kind of discipleship you've talked about to come to fruition? Hmm. You know, this sort of thing that I think of, if we think of what's discipleship, right? So yeah. discipleship is meeting people um, where they're at, showing people God's love, yeah. I guess allowing, giving, providing an opportunity for people to experience that love and then own it. Yeah. To do that, we can't just stay amongst Christians. We can't yeah. just stay in our church. We can't just okay. socialize with our yeah. church friends. Yeah. Um, and this is something I always used to say, you know, yeah. I can remember when I was a student minister, they'll be like, oh, what did you do? And everybody would be like, oh, I went to Bible study and I went to church and yeah. I went to youth group and yeah. they'll name all these hundreds of amazing things that I did yes. in a weekend. And I'll be, I went to the pub. I went to the pub and I had conversations. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we need to do. We need to get outside of our church world, yeah. um, again, with that hope that people will come to us somehow yeah. when they don't know who we are. And we actually need to learn how to have conversations with people outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. So, beautiful. so that, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, is there anything I'm missing? Let me just, let me, is there anything that you want to talk about around discipleship that I've missed? Uh, I'm, I'm no. head shaking. No. no. <laughs> I reckon uh, that's as good a place as any for us to pull up stuff. So what I'm hearing from you is that, let me, let me just kind of reflect back to you and see if I've heard you clearly. The process of discipleship um, depends on our capacity, willingness, commitment um, to form authentic relationships uh, yep. in the world to pay attention to what's going on in our neighbourhood, uh, in our community, in our town, um, among the people that we are moving among, um, and through the authenticity of those relationships to, um, in a sense, I'm going to say introduce someone to, to Jesus, but y you know what I mean, um, to kind of you know help someone to kind of discover something of God's love for them and respond to it, I think might have been a phrase that yeah. you used. But I hear you saying clearly that it does begin in that authentic relationship, uh, our orientation towards the other yep. um, and our willingness to kind of be in that in that space. Is that is that a fair I think that's a really a good summary. summary. The only thing I would add to that, yep. there is the importance of the Christian community. So it's yeah, not okay. all just about going out um, into the world because yeah. we, we need that community to support yeah. each other. So yeah. I guess that would be the other step is how can we as Christians, as the Uniting Church, support one another, encourage yeah. each other yeah. to go out and be risk takers, um, yeah. knowing that there's this safe base that we can come back to to refuel and keep going. So now I have another last question. Okay. What helps? What helps you feel supported in that way? What's your own kind of? How does the United Church enable Monique to do what it is that you do? Um, look, for me, a big thing is I've got my network of friends, like so ministry colleagues yeah. that. I know is my safe base. Yeah. Um, we meet on a regular basis to try uh, to have honest conversations, yeah. to try and support each other, to uh, tell each other to pull our heads out if we need to, because <laughs> um, sometimes we get stuck in our own worlds um, and to keep moving forward. So um, that's definitely, yeah. So, and, and I guess as a wider Uniting Church, it's also having that space to ask questions. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, so it sounds to me like you are describing the journey of your own discipleship in the same kind of way you've described what you would hope to be the journey of discipleship for another. That is the relationships that are around you, yeah. the opportunity to explore, the invitation to continue 
you know, in a sense, drawing closer to God or, you know, yep. on the journey um, to find your identity and give expression to that. Uh, yep. Great. I'm just going to write that down <laughs> and trademark it. Uh, no, no. Monique, thank you so much for the chat. Um, every blessing to you in the role at the lakes and particularly um, just, I mean, what a fantastic environment, great bunch of young people that you have the opportunity to work with and the staff and the families. There must be so much going on there and every blessing to you and the team as you go. Thank you. Not the same to you. No jokes. No, <laughs> <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> That's <Just> enough. <laughs>